Windsor, Ascot, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. The voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. Hey, good morning to you this morning. How are you doing? You're listening to River Radio. Thank you very much. Always grateful for your company on a Wednesday morning. You are listening to Your Life, Your Way, your show that is all about you. I'm Deborah Fielding and I'm with you every Wednesday morning between 10 and 11. McFly open our show with... Every week, because that's what it is all about you. So, you know we love to share life experiences on your life, your way. I always learn something from them and often find myself saying, oh, me too. And I know you do too. So on today's show, what have we got? The glory of the story, a great guest slot where you can hear a story about your guest that will be both true and owned by them, which means it isn't anybody else's story but theirs. And you know all about that. I've been out and about this week and enjoyed hearing what you've enjoyed. You've been enjoying the show in the sun. And I can tell you, my guest today relies on as much sun as he can get. But more about that later on. Drop me a message to tell me where you're listening from today. Are you listening Windsor, Henley Maidenhead, your garden, at your friends? Where are you? Tell me. That's Deborah at river.radio. And straight after Glory in a Story, we have What's in a Word, where you are trying to make sense of life one word at a time. I love hearing from you about this part of the show too. In fact, I love hearing from you full stop. Message in any time, especially for the last section of my show, which is Q&A your way. These are your questions about your life. All questions always remain confidential, you know that. And we've also got some wonderful music. the wonderful mcfly so we've got a great glory of the story in front of you now um there are certain times in your life that opportunities in life that you're you're really not expecting at all they jump right out in front of you it's a bit like me doing the show to be honest um was it on my life plan uh, no am i glad it is now a uh, yes sir uh, sometimes though in life you have to say yes and take a big leap of faith and i was chatting to a friend of mine about this just this week um because I'm likely to have a leap of faith in myself, knowing full well that my feet won't possibly quite reach the other side. Uh, I'm happy to take a dunk of water, 
uh, in the water for that. And in fact, I've done that a number <laughs> number of times. But I've learnt and I've picked myself back up and either ditched it or got better at it. I think the older I get, the more prepared I am for doing that. Uh, what about you? I'd like to know where you've just not quite reached the other side. Um, currently, for example, I'm rebuilding my life after a cancer diagnosis. When I came to understand that you're kind of always in a state of rebuilding or building something. Uh, my favourite thing to do now is to fail fast. I've been epically brilliant at failing slowly in my younger days, uh, but not anymore. So did my next guest wake up one day and say he was going to do what he's doing now, I wonder? Let's just find out. My guest this morning has a very unusual job, but beautiful in my eyes. Um, I know you're going to extend a super warm welcome to Mr. Phil Rossi. Morning, Debs. Good morning. Um, Well, before we hear about your story, can you just tell us a little bit about you and where you come from, Phil? So my name is Phil. Um, I have been brought up in and around the Henley and Marlow area. Uh, I currently look after um, a vineyard just between Henley and Marlow, which I've been looking after for a few years now. Okay, and so um, are you from around this area? Uh, yeah, I was born, um, fun enough, I was born in Reading. Okay. I grew up in Twyford, moved to Henley, went to school in Marlow. Okay, okay, I didn't know that about you. You learn something new every day. <laughs> so you've got a great story, so shall we delve into that and tell us a little bit more? Absolutely, yes. Um, so my story is all around my involvement in a, a, a small English vineyard from a very young age being brought up in that vineyard and developing that into um, into something that people can really enjoy and developing the wines, developing the, the area into a tranquil place where people can come and enjoy the wines, enjoy the entertainment, enjoy just the essence of an English vineyard. Yeah, and so how old were you when that all... How did that come to you? I mean, you know, I... I... <laughs> I've been up to the vineyard and I absolutely love it. Um, but I'm just wondering, where did that come into your life? And, you know, how do you end up running a vineyard? It's like Sam really starting the radio station here. It's a bit of an unusual thing. Definitely takes a leap of faith. Um, how did that come to you? Well, um, it all started with, it all started back in the 80s um, with my mother. My mother, uh, in the nicest possible way, a crazy Italian lady <laughs> who had an opportunity and seized the opportunity with both hands. Um, didn't always go to plan. Uh, she she had the opportunity to purchase a small piece of land, which she did so, and she thought, for some reason, it would be a good idea to plant a vineyard. I uh, mean, where did she get that idea from? She's Italian. I, I mean, I love that, because <laughs> I've got a big passion for Italians. I love the language, I love the country. Um, it's amazing. And my son's just flown off there this morning, actually. Um, but there we have it, a crazy Italian lady deciding to put a vineyard Back in, uh, you know, back in that day, mm-hmm. in a vineyard in the UK was a real nuts concept, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and not easy to do. It was a, a, a new industry um, and there wasn't an awful lot of clarity. And she decided to do this back in the, um, back in the 80s where there wasn't a clear cut. This is what you do and this is how you do it. So there was an awful lot of um, failing fast and failing slow as well. Right, yeah, I can uh, relate to that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And an awful lot of learning as you go along. Because in actual fact, for something like this, when your mum's having to really learn as she goes, step by step, 
you don't really know you're failing, do you, at that point? Because you've no benchmark. Well, no. And you don't know what you don't know. No. And so, that, that's a big thing yeah, is exactly kind of right, yeah. trying to figure out what are the right things to do, what are the wrong things to do. And, um, and it didn't always go, well, actually, it probably <laughs> went wrong far more often than it went right. Fantastic. Um, and I got embroiled in that from a very young age, being brought up in and around the vineyard working. I planted my first vines when I was seven years old. Blimey. Um, uh, and then I got to the stage when I was in my late teens and I had to figure out whether or not we as a, a family really wanted to continue doing this. And, um, and if we did, somebody should actually probably figure out what to do at the vineyard. <laughs> so that, that took me off to Australia to go and study. When I was 16 years old, I went to Australia to study viticulture, wow. study vineyard management. On your own? On my own, yes. Um, and that, that was... That's nuts. I, I can see that now. Yeah. Now I've got uh, my own daughter who's eight years old, so a long way away from that. I can't think of having a child at the age of 16 going off to the other side of the world. No. Can I just backtrack a bit? Yes, of um, course. So you're seven, eight years old, similar age to your daughter now. Mm-hmm. Um, and already, I suppose, being around the vineyard, you, you could have had an interest or you could not, but you, you knew you had an interest in it, did you, at that age? Um. Not really. No. I think it was one of those things you just go with the flow, right? And so often with 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 these things, you you just you just get brought along on that journey, yeah. Um, and you don't really know any different. This is just what we're doing, right? So this is just your life, absolutely. As you know it, yeah. Um, and so I, I got embroiled in that, and of course, I, I I was a child, so I loved being outside and mucking around, and yeah. I, I doubt I was really any help at all in the vineyard at that stage. <laughs> no. Um, but certainly being in and around nature was something I've always loved. Nice. And being in and around things that grow and things that live, it, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing place to be, an amazing opportunity to have. And, um, and I ju- just grew up with that. Carried on, of course, went to school and did all of that. I never really saw myself having a career in wine. Um, wine wasn't something that was necessarily inherent in, in the family. It wasn't a, a wine business as such. Um, but we just continued, continued doing that. Um, the vineyard itself, I think it's fair to say, wasn't successful right. in its first iteration. Um, it, it wasn't producing an awful lot. Um, and I think that was often because actually there was a challenge between time and experience. And small businesses, they're always really hard work, especially right, a small yeah. business in an industry that isn't established. Yeah. And there wasn't a huge amount of expertise around. No. So you go off to Australia... At 16? Yes. Are you loving it by then or? No. <laughs> In all honesty, I, I, went to, uh, I went to Australia because there was the opportunity to. And, um, I, and, and from my point of view, I played a lot of rugby. So the thought of going to Australia oh, to do yeah. some studying, to play some box. rugby. Yeah, yeah, I mean, who yeah. wouldn't want to go and do yeah. that? Um, and and I, I loved it out there. And I did get a bit of a bug for vineyards oh you got I, a bit I, of a, a bug, bit of a, bit that's of a bug. Nice. <laughs> um i mean it's quite a commitment to think right i'm going to go here but yeah again you're, how long were you there for i was there for a year oh okay a long so time. i spent a year there yeah. um and then came back and promptly thought there's no way i'm ever going to do this as a career um let's carry on and pursue another career carry on my education and um and and just i suppose for want of a better word ha- have a normal life um not get too involved in the vineyard I was absolutely certain there's no way at all um, the vineyard is sustainable. It's not going to make enough money. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Um, That's incredible. 
So yes. And yeah. so that's that's where I was when I was 16 years old. Um well I was I was 17 when I came back to yeah, Australia. Yeah. With a view that right I need to go and carry on finish my education and go and get a proper job. Right. And so was your mum still running the vineyard at this point? Yes. And did you bring any tips back for her? Did were you any help to her at this well, point? <laughs> so <laughs> um I mean, I came back very much and thought, right, this we've been doing so many things so wrong. Right. Um, and yes, of course, yeah. I came back and, and took a very much more hands-on approach to the vineyard. Right. I was determined I didn't want to run it. It wasn't going to be something that was my career. It didn't mean that I didn't do that. Um, I, I very much thought, right, these are some of the things we need to start establishing at the vineyard. And, um, and just went from there, but very much with the view that this isn't something that's going to be a long-term prospect. No. I love that. It's just amazing. So you, um, you've imparted some of your knowledge that you've learned at 16 to your mum. Did you start to see improvement in the vineyard at that point or were there still a lot of ups and downs? Oh, a lot of ups and downs. There was, um, it was very clear to me that wholesale changes needs to happen at the vineyard. The, a lot of the vines hadn't been tended. There, was, there were an awful lot of varieties that were being grown which weren't appropriate um, an awful lot of the methods weren't right. Okay. And um, so we, we had, uh, we, I had the decisions to make saying, right, w- what's going to happen going forward? I, I I think that's quite a lot of pressure and a lot of weight on young shoulders. Um, I mean, you know, I look at my son now who's 18. Um, I've left him to sort his Italian trip out and we had a few hiccups yesterday, I can tell you. Uh, so you've gone off to Australia come back and started to impart your knowledge to your mum and taken a really pragmatic view to the whole situation. I mean, I think that's quite incredible, really. I, I Again, with hindsight, I look back yeah. at that and think, yes, actually, you just that, got that was on quite... With it. But there was an element, just got on with it. Yeah. And, um, and, and I suppose from my point of view, that there wasn't really anything to lose. No. So, of course... So, so, so hold on, your mum really, uh, she owned the vineyard, so you were just kind of like imparting your knowledge and during the time that you were up there you didn't feel the pressure or the weight of the place did you not at that point no no um so not, not all, all personally um and i i think that looking at the looking at the vineyard and where we were then it wasn't firing in all cylinders there was so yeah. much opportunity um but very little was at risk the vineyard itself wasn't producing what it needed to um and there was a, a thought, well, we either do something and try some new things or we turn around and say, look, we're going to put an end to this and, yeah. and stop doing this. Yeah. And so it, I suppose when you look back at it, there was very little risk because what did we have to lose? Yeah. Great. You know, a great outlook. Um, and it allows you to make clear decisions. Um, so you went off and got another job. I, I, I went off to finish my a levels, so I, I went to Australia between my GCSEs and yeah. A levels. Right, went, went like went a year out, kind of like thing. a year out, yeah. just slightly younger than yeah, normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, went to went to finish my A levels, went to university. I, th- I mean, I think you've got to be slightly a little bit off piste in your thoughts if you're going to run a vineyard anyway, because that's not a normal run of the mill. No. Uh, so you, of course, you're going to go midway between your GCSEs and your A-levels. But most parents are saying, would you knuckle down yes. and get on with it? You You went off, so... Uh, uh, yes but an education in itself right i mean there's nothing better than traveling well absolutely and um i learned more in that one year i'm sure i'm not gonna say i quite learned as much as my 
previous education. Um, but there was a huge amount of learning yes. in that year. Um, not only just how to run a vineyard and coming back and realising some of the mistakes we'd made. Yeah, but about life, you mm-hmm. know, and looking after yourself and being independent, absolutely fighting your own corner. Absolutely. Um, and I think when you're running a small business of any description, there's an element of that in you that has to be. Yes. Otherwise you wouldn't do it, surely. Uh, no, and I think there is the, the you have to take risks. Um, and I, whilst I turn around and, and I say, at the time, for me personally, there weren't really any risks. I wasn't risking my livelihood. Um, I, I, I was only a teenager. Yeah. So it, it was an awful lot that I, was, I wasn't losing time because when you're that age, a year's nothing. No, and you don't also think at that age that you've got any pressure or risks because they don't, they don't kind of appear like that to you, do they? Because mm-hmm. life's a lot more innocent, I think. And, yes. Um, I, you know, I look at my 18-year-old now and he deals with life so di- differently. It's quite yeah. fantastic. I like to kind of tap into that in a way because... Um, Life doesn't have to be that damn complicated. It's just us that make it that way sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I, I went out and, and learned an awful lot about the world. I played a lot of rugby out in Australia, yeah. which, which I loved. Yeah. Um, and came back here and, with a real insight saying, well, I, I know this isn't what I want to do for a career, but it doesn't mean that I can't get involved in this. Right. And give some direction, um, and which, which is what I did. So yeah. I went to university and I would come back in the holidays and work in the vineyard. And doing all those jobs um, with various help from uh, other family members um, and, and friends coming to help in the vineyard. Um, but slowly trying to think, right, what, what does the future look like? Again, if we're going to maintain this, maintain this piece of land, what are we going to do with it? And how are we going to move it forward if we are at all? Okay. Well, I think that's a nice little place to take a break for some music um, and trying to keep a little bit of our Italian f- theme we're going to play on days like these by matt monroe Questi giorni quando vieni il bel sole la 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 On days like these when skies are blue and fields are green I look around and think about what might have been And then I hear sweet music float around my head As I recall the many things we left unsaid It's on days like these that I remember Singing songs and drinking wine While your eyes played games with mine On days like these 
I wonder what became of you Maybe today you're singing songs with someone new I'd like to think you're walking by those willow trees Remembering the love you on days like these It's on days like these that I remember Came of you. Maybe today you're singing songs with someone new. Questi giorni quando vieni il bel sole. La la. Welcome back to Your Life, Your Way with me, Deborah Fielding, and my guest, Phil Rossi, this morning from Oak and Grove Vineyard. Um, I love that song. I mean, I am a big Italian fan, I have to say, so um, that just wraps me up nicely for the morning. Um, Yes, so I often mention the quote from the genius that was Aristotle. I think I must talk about it every week, where I say, show me the child of seven and I'll show you the man. Um, And whilst Phil wasn't involved, emotionally invested in the vineyard at seven or eight, there he is um, involved with it with his mum. And that's got to have seeped him somewhere, which is quite incredible. I mean, for example, I wasn't aspiring to be a radio presenter at seven or eight I can tell you that for absolute free but I was interested in others and their stories Um, and I even have my superpower written into my school report which was Deborah would do much better for herself if she didn't have to go around the whole class and check they knew what they were doing before getting on with her own work (laughs) I mean I don't know what she was expecting of me I was always in the top three so there you go Um, but I wonder how you were at eight years old just have a think on that and what's led you to where you are now so last week we were talking about the way your life is shaped from childhood by those around you in your formative years and you certainly experienced that but mainly in your adult years this whole vineyard experience has come up full flow uh, Phil so you have a ton of plans and a lot of events at the vineyard and um, tell us how that evolved and where you went from the decision to be studying and having a job to what you did next well um i i suppose the 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 time from sort of the early 2000s to the mid mid um 2000 and sort of 15 carried on so i finished university i, I got a job as so many people do and thinking well this job won't last that long um and carried on that way for for about 17 years. I worked in the vineyard whenever I had time, so kept on 
going in in uh, at the weekends on holidays. We did an awful lot of replanting um, around sort of 2005, 2006 time and started establishing some of the things that were going to be help us uh, looking forward to the vineyard and, and help re-establish. Uh, but your mum is still in charge at this time. No, she she's very much taken a step back. Right. So I, you made a decision. Can we just cover that bit? Yes, of course. You were working in a job, normal job. Yep. Yes. Um, I mean, I just think that's funny because as a 16-year-old whizzing off to Australia, you've obviously got... Um, that independent streak in you and you're trying to hold down what I would say a nine to five job, which makes me laugh when, as I know you now, um, where did this decision to own the vineyard and run it and take it onto a different I, place come from? I don't think there was ever an ac- active decision. Oh, I think okay. it was one of those things that just saying, well, this is just what we're going to do. Okay. Um, and what I'm going to do, because I have the vineyard, unless we're going to let this go uh, and sell on the land and, and just pretend that it's never been there, we need to continue looking after it. And those, those, I suppose those decisions were there saying, do, do we continue to try and do this? Because it's a huge amount of work and a huge undertaking to say, we're going to look after this uh, a vineyard, we're not going to let it get completely overgrown and we are going to try and make some wine out yeah, of this. Yeah, make it work, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's those kind of decisions. Uh, some, some I know, I know from my own uh, business life, some can come easily to you, but some you've got to be really courageous and you're wrangling over and um, you've got to really challenge yourself. Yes, absolutely. Mentally, and, and more than anything. Th- yeah. th- there is the challenge in saying, is this something we want to undertake or do we want to yeah. just have... Do I want a peaceful life? <laughs> exactly. Or, or yes, yeah, some, some level, do I, do I want to have my weekends off? Yeah. Do I want to be able to go and do other things? Um, and of course the answer is, yes, I do want to do that. But yeah. why can't I do this as well? And so... And I think without really knowing it maybe so early on, but, you know, it has been in your bones since you were seven or eight years old. It's a really... Um, formative, I nearly said informative, but a formative age. And you take on what's around you in your environment. Um, and you've been living with that all that time. I guess you did feel some kind of attachment to it. Um, yes, I I think that probably is. Well, yeah. there, there's definitely that attachment. Yeah, it's and, like a little um, invisible um, umbilical cord where you can't you can't you just yes you can't or, move away from or, it or ball and chain one or the other. <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure. Um, Depends whether you're having a good time or not. I guess yes. Yeah, but the the one thing with the 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 where we are our vineyard itself it's set in a beautiful beautiful spot and there's just something very magical and something very tranquil about there. Yeah, um, there is. And I I speak to people whenever they come up to the the vineyard and it imparts this this uh level of peace on people and it's something i absolutely love and i sometimes take it for granted when i'm there every day working and i see the jobs that need to be done um but it is something that is it it does draw people in and it's quite difficult to let go of especially when as you say you've been surrounded by it for so many years yeah i mean i've i've been up to the vineyard um and I experience everything you've just said. Um, it's like a little piece of paradise. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's a bit magical really in a way because um, I don't. you can't design that. You can't make that happen. That's just something that's there. It just kind of folds you in when you arrive. And um, I, I'm a great lover of sitting by the sea. And I think I said this to you once when I was up there, the, the vines kind of take your troubles away and replenish you with a, a better feeling about yourself. And you can... That's really rare to find that. Uh, absolutely. And and we, we know this more and more when you talk about 
um, people struggling with mental health and actually how can you make sure you're giving yourself as much positivity uh, so so much study has gone into how important nature is yes and for me that that's my ethos is keep everything as natural as possible yeah keep yourself in nature and um i think sometimes i mean i'm a big fan of looking after your mental health i think that's one of your only jobs in life actually because the rest will follow if you're in a good space and um i think making the effort to go to places that feed that um, like I say, the sea does that for me. Or now coming up to the vineyard, which I absolutely love, any excuse to pop up there, um, that does the same. And it's very rare to find that. So whatever it is that does that for you, it's important you you feel put a lot of that in your life. I think. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So um, and yeah. so so yeah. So we were on this journey whereby um, my focus was saying, how do we re-establish the vineyard? And I would do this whenever I had time, and it was literally pick up a day here, finish work on, on Friday evening, head to the vineyard, spend um, all weekend at the vineyard doing whatever jobs need to be done, tending the vines. We did an awful lot of replanting uh, with a view that we, we were going to focus on continuing to grow the vineyard um, and, and grow as, as good a crop as we possibly could. And we kept on that going for about 15, 15 to 17 years. Oh, wow. Um, until we, I got to a, a, one of those forks in forks in the road, where um, in 2018 I really had that decision to make, saying uh, I, I had started a family, and um, I was working a, a quite a demanding job in London, which was taking uh, well more than a full time job, and I was at the stage where I'd had the vineyard, um, I developed the vineyard to the stage that that was more than a full time job as well, and trying to do two full time jobs and raise a family um was starting to kind of become a challenge yeah yeah i mean raising a family with one job is plenty and supporting your partner and looking after yourself as well mm-hmm. in there um but a vineyard is not going to wait for you is it like you're saying no. you know just keep on growing <laughs> yeah things keep happening absolutely and no matter keep, what happens yeah you got to keep trotting alongside it if you don't you've missed the boat yes quite yeah. quite literally and um and so, yeah, so I had the, the, this, this decision in 2018, and it had been on my mind for a long time, um, gone from the years when I was in my late teens, early 20s, thinking there's no way I'm going to possibly be doing this full time. It's never going to be sustainable. Um, no, this isn't what I want to do. Yeah. Sort of fast forward, sort of 20 <laughs> years later, I'm there thinking, right, I'm, I'm, I'm soon to turn 40. Um, I'm working full time in London. Um, I live in London. And I'm running this vineyard and coming out here, and this is taking more and more of my time. I'm sure I'm more of your well-being, actually. Yeah, because you can't, you can't, you can't possibly juggle all of that. It, it was, it was a challenge, and yeah. I look back now, and I have no idea how I ever approached doing that. No. Um, and people ask me how how do you, how did you how do you have a full time job and look after this? And I, my answer was, I, I just don't. do. Well, I I just do. I just keep on doing whatever right. I can. Um, but looking back, it's very clear that actually the number of things I wasn't doing. Yeah. Um, so yes, back in 2018, I, I, I um, had the dilemma, do I carry on my there nice, it, there it was. easy job or do I pack that in and um, take the leap of faith and say, right, let's try and make a sustainable business out of what we have? Yeah, uh, it was on the cards, really. It probably was it for was many, many years ago. It was in the stars. Yes. It really was. So going back to Mr. Aristotle and you at seven or eight, there we have it. I'm always fascinated by that question because you think it can't possibly be true. It can't possibly have any meaning. But when you talk to people 
and ask them to go back to what they were at that age there they are and it's all it's all there already mm. um so that's it's quite an incredible story really so um i'm going to play your song and um we'll find out where we can find you when we come back but um that's quite the story phil and um thanks for coming in and sharing it with us you're very welcome so, so you've chosen um a great song that many many people will love which is uh, fleetwood mac and the chain
The voice of the Thames Valley. River Radio. I think I like it. You give one quick twitch and the thing is done. So, hey, you're listening to Your Life, Your Way uh, with River Radio and, oh, at River Radio, in fact, with me, Deborah Fielding. Um, my guest today is Phil Rossi from Oakland Grove Vineyard. We've been talking about what it takes to follow your vision and run a vineyard and how um, embedded that was in uh, Phil's younger years. Um, if you miss the first part of the show, you can listen to the show as a podcast. Um, you can do that on all your usual platforms. Search for River Radio, Your Life, Your Way, or you can hop over to the website and listen again. Um, our website is all the W's, www.river.radio, where you can listen in. Um, I listened on Sunday to the Missing Question, Missing Question, with Rani Singh. Um, it's a great name for a show, and actually it's a great show too, so super interesting. That's between 10 and 12 on Sundays. Um, it takes a look at international, national and local news. Um, and later on today, we have, that's Wednesday, um, Extra Time with Ed, Will and Ben, who for sure will be chatting about Wickham Wanderers' loss and maybe they'll touch on the drama of the Premier League too uh, over the weekend. But they're on between 7 and 8 this evening. So we're here, um, right at what's in a word, here we go. This is the part of the show where you and I break down a word and chat about what it might mean for us. Um, But tell me first, how was last week? How did you get on? If you remember, we were being curious, uh, curious about life, in fact. Um, And I think you're quite a curious person, Phil, if I'm not mistaken. Um, You can hardly not be up there. Um, You need to be learning and running a vineyard. Otherwise, um, it's just not going to to work. Um, Do you think you're curious or nosy or what are you? (laughs) Uh, Oh, sorry. I always do this. Forget to put the mic up. I'm definitely curious. Uh, I, I think I've always had a curiosity about how things work and um, what makes things tick. Tick, yeah. Um, and I, I, I've always loved trying to find solutions to problems. Right, me too. I am a creative problem solver. Love doing that. I always think there's a solution to everything. Mm-hmm. You've just got to work it through. Um, um, I, I tell you what I loved. Um, I'm really curious about learning about the vines when I'm up there. Um, I don't know why this interest has suddenly arrived, but I think one of my favourite facts was learning that the sap moves down to the earth to be around the root and protect the vine through the winter. I mean, it's super fabulous, and I'm sure that's not the only plant that does that, but I love that the vines do do that over the wintertime. Um, it's a little interesting fact for you wine drinkers out there. Um, the vines have really got you covered. That's the case, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Uh, vines are incredibly versatile. They, they are. Um, they can grow all over the world in the most arid conditions. Amazing. And if they can grow over here, they're doing very well indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so today's word is going to be um, courage, and we'll dive in and find out what that all means um, right now. So I wrote a short post about it. It's short and sweet. Courage. It is mighty fine to ask for a better life. Why shouldn't you? Ask your inner self first and foremost. Ask to rise up in your world and find the next version of you. Ask, meditate or pray for your wildest of dreams. Have the courage to see and feel that. You only get in life what you have the courage to ask for. I wonder, what will you be asking for? I think 
if you want to get to any new place in life, you have to have the courage to first ask of it for yourself and from yourself and then the courage to take the next step and then the next step and the next step. I mean, you you must have had that many a time, Phil, really, where you've had to gather yourself up and take the next giant leap for mankind. Uh, absolutely. And I think um, the, 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 the um, mistakes that I've made in the past have all been about procrastinating, about making that step. When you have a decision to make, I think the um, I've learned from not doing this is making that decision as, as quickly as possible um, with all the information you can do. But uh, it, I, I find it far too easy to just wait and wait and wait and put off that decision. Yet uh, I think having the courage to make that decision as soon as possible yeah. and move on and yeah. live with that decision, you can never be 100% sure it's going to work. Uh, but I think going on with confidence and uh, and doing your very best to make it work. Well, I think when you don't make it, when you take your time making those decisions, you're dragging your energy backwards, and that's something I've learnt, and um, you're better off making the decision. It might be a wrong one, so let's fail with it and move forward. Um, Absolutely. And that just keeps life flowing in a good direction. And you, they're never failures, really. You always learn, don't you? Um, there's always something new to be learned. Um, but you have quite the community up at the vineyard now, and... Um, yeah. It's a real hive of activity, right? It's it's one thing I found, and moving from a, a, a corporate job in London when you're surrounded by people every single working day, and you're always people around you you can go to and talk to, going to leaving that and going to work in a field by yourself with nothing but um, <laughs> sort of a few thousand vines and maybe the odd pheasant, um, <laughs> it, it, it's quite a change. And certainly I found that the community of like-minded people, small businesses, uh, small business owners, foodies. Um, I, I found that community was absolutely amazing yeah. and certainly got me through. So uh, I'm fortunate enough we have we have uh, beehives on site uh, run by another small uh, bee producer. I've got some of that honey. You I'm have telling some of the honey, you, it's, yeah. it's absolutely stunning. It, I had some yesterday and it just, I mean, I'm not even making it up. I was like, whoa, hold on, what's this? It's amazing. There's something, yes, it is. It's absolutely beautiful. It's all, it is. all natural. And finding people that you can work with who share your same, the same ethos as you. Yeah. Whether it be the, um, the Honeys of Henley guys, uh, whether it be uh, we have a, a, a polytunnel full of chilies <laughs> at the vineyard yeah. um, with, with Johnny Hotstuff making his chilli sauces from the vineyard. A very similar story in terms of he's a small producer, he's passionate about what he does. And being able to be surrounded by people who can support you and you can support them um, and I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm very lucky to work with some amazing people at the Vineyard who help me with marketing, help me with social media. And it, it's fantastic the support you get from them. And I think you just have to look for those people because they are around. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think in a way, they kind of gravitate to you because um, it's a good place to be. It oozes goodness. And it's a natural thing to want to be able to be a part of it, I think. Um, I certainly know I was captured when I walked in there. Um and yeah, that honey yesterday just knocked my, my blew my socks <laughs> off. It was fantastic. So I think um, taking courage in both hands, uh, regardless of what it is, is absolutely vital. Um, for me, my new thing, uh, both my children are going to be away at uni this coming September. So I've got a ton of fun coming my way and um, I'm encouraged to be able to build new things that I'm wanting to do and I'm really looking forward to that. It's a different kind of courage. When you're solo parenting, it kind of settles on your shoulders. It's a huge responsibility. I felt that straight away. Um, 
But having the courage now to go out and live a different time of my life, well, that's just super exciting. And for sure, I'm going to fail at some things. But actually, I've got to the age where I don't really care, to be honest. Um, I don't mean in a bad way, but like, you know, we've just done it. Let's get on and do something different. Uh, But talking of single parenting, I'm going to run a show on that. If you have a story you'd like to share, get in touch with Deborah at river.radio. Yeah, so we've got tons of stuff coming up. And I just thought I'd play you a great song. Uh, which is by Talk Talk and it's my life.
Hey, there you are. We're at River Radio with me, Deborah Fielding. That was Talk Talk with It's My Life. Uh, quite fitting today. We're listening to Phil telling us about his very extraordinary and independent life. And as usual, we're skidding into Q&A your way um, with your questions. Uh, so I'm just going to lead here because I don't know that we'll have time for many this morning, Phil. We've been so wrapped with your story. Uh, but there is a question in from you. Um, which is from Claire from Eton. She says she finds it utterly compelling that you went off to Australia so young when she was dilly-dallying, those are her words, not mine, around at the local youth club with no idea what to do as a career. Um, Did you feel a sense of obligation or passion? Well, we've kind of discussed all of that, but um, yeah, that's quite, it is incredible. Uh, Again, looking back on it, Yes, I think it was it was <laughs> yeah. unusual at the time. I just went with the flow. Yeah, um, I didn't think it was anything that unusual. Uh, and um, I know a lot of people I met along the way were really kind of looked at me in awe, which I never felt. No, um, saying yeah, you, you're, you you're going over here, the other side of the world, by yourself. And for me, it was um, I, I I I felt, and I still do feel incredibly privileged to have the opportunity to, to have, have the, to have done it to yeah. to have done it, but also yeah. have the opportunity to to be around a vineyard. Yeah. I don't think I would love to say I'd have the confidence to do that myself, um, but I'm incredibly privileged from what this crazy Italian lady decided to start <laughs> back in the mama. 80s, yeah. my crazy mama, yeah. and um, and being able to carry that on. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm really lucky and I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, I've been able to build on something she started. Well, you've come from that from your crazy mama to what you do now, which is a heck of a lot. So you've got quite the amount of things going on up there at the moment, haven't you? We, we're, we're building, yes, we're building. Yeah. It, it, it's, um, for me, we're first and foremost a vineyard. We always started as a vineyard. We, I, I need to make sure we remain a vineyard. Yeah, um, and I can vouch for the fact those wines are just tippity-top-tastic. They're amazing, thank you. really nice. Thank you. Um, but for me, the passion is, and I, I said earlier, it's all about nature um, and it's all about preserving what we have and, and hopefully adding to to what we have in, in a really organic, natural way. Um, so we're, we're, we're in a beautiful spot, surrounded yeah. by woodlands um, in the Chiltern Hills. And Jubilee's coming up, so you've got quite the, the amount of events going on over the weekend. Well, yes, what, what better way to celebrate... Um, celebrate the Incredible. jubilee with, then with some english fizz yeah and um, we've got a special jubilee show coming up so i'm looking forward to sharing that with you um but you've got um jazz events going on mm-hmm. and um tours and tastings which i just love those because what you don't know about your vines i've got to say you know isn't worth knowing really it's a fascinating experience and a really nice thing to do if you're you know looking for something a little bit different mm-hmm. uh, to give to somebody even as a you know something a bit different for a, a present uh yeah absolutely i should be a saleswoman you for should you. yes <laughs> <laughs> i might get Let's a get job you on board. yeah exactly um, right uh but yeah we uh, we take the opportunity to talk to people uh, and one of one of my my vision for that was that people can come and appreciate what we have and what we're lucky enough to, to look after, but also to have the opportunity to talk to people. Yeah. And I love it when we have guests come to the vineyard. We we take people out to the vineyard itself. Um, it's not all about the wine. There's a bit about the wine, of course, actually quite a lot about the wine. Yeah. Um, but we have such a such an important vineyard and which is core to what we do. Um, and we love talking. We love sharing our passion with other people. And I think people pick up on that because, um, you know, I've been around and asked questions myself as well. Once you get started, you, it leads on to more and more because you want to know everything um, and you know it. 
<laughs> you know, you know, I've not asked you a question yet where you've been like, hold on a minute, I don't know. <laughs> uh, if not, we can certainly make a good guess. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll make something up. Um, yeah. No, we, we do know it and we can't help it. I mean, from a personal point of view, having been um, at the mere age of 43, I've been in the vines for over 30 years. Right, incredible. Um, and had a huge amount of experience in there and and i love talking to people about yeah. it um and we mustn't forget while we're here that you have got some adorable little chicks up there as well <laughs> perhaps explain yes. that sentence our, our horde of, uh, yes we've got, we've got Excuse me? a nice range of young chicks um yeah we we have um yes a, a, a horde of um chickens yeah various chickens who love to um own the vineyard they and, do and cluck around as if it is theirs it is and it is and um yeah they're, they're, they're an awful lot of fun they yeah. will often come and follow us out in the vineyard, um, making sure they kind of catch any bugs that we may have missed. Yeah. Uh, so where can people find you, Phil? Well, you can physically find us um, in between Henley and Marley. Yeah. Uh, up in a small village called Forley. Uh, so not far from the main Henley Marley Road. Or have a look at our website. Yeah. Um, if Is that okay? Give it a plug. Right, go on. Go okay, ahead. Okay. So www.oakengrovevineyard.co.uk um, and on social media. So Facebook and Instagram. We talk about all of the things we're, we're getting up to. We have various events on, some live music. Um, we love our afternoon jazz at the vineyard. Yeah. It's um it's a lovely place to just go and... Um, and it's going to be a great place to spend a nice little afternoon for the Jubilee. If you want to do something to celebrate that's just slightly different, um, it's a lovely thing to do up there. Um, and I kind of hope that people do come and visit you and experience what I gain from it, which is this peace and calm and actually everything really is all right in the world. It, for, for just a few moments, of course, we, we've always got things to do and all, all sorts of things go on, um, which is causing so many people challenges and problems and things to consider. But hopefully it's it's somewhere where people can come, even just for a glass of wine and a, a, a sit down and a chin wag, yeah. um, play a bit of backgammon um, or anything like that, just somewhere for half an hour where they can perhaps forget some of the other stuff that's yeah. going on in the world. I mean, you must be, If let's just use this as a little time for reflection, you must be super proud of that journey from being the 16 year old in Australia to where you are now. That's an amazing achievement. So I'm giving you a pat on the back there, Phil. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yes, I love it. And um, I wouldn't change it. Fantastic. So goodness me, yet again, here we are signing out for another week. Your life, your way, biting the dust. Um, I've got not one, but two guests next week, as I've alluded to. We have a special Jubilee programme, which is super interesting. Uh, They're fantastic guests. I'm excited to learn all about that. Uh, I'm looking forward to um, the Jubilee week. There's lots going on at the station. I would like to thank you so much, Phil, for finding your radio courage, because I knew that, you know, it's not your natural domain to come on here. Uh, It's not mine either, to be fair. (laughs) Um, uh, so thanks very much for doing that it's been fascinating thank you um, I look forward to seeing you at the vineyard too for a glass of pink sparkles which are my fa- uh, favourite thing um, and may you have just masses of success up there I wish that for you thank you so much uh, thank you so much to you too for your questions we didn't get a chance to go through tons today but if you want to drop me a line during the week a reminder of that email address deborah at river.radio uh, listening to any shows you missed as a podcast they got pretty much straight away it's like a piece of magic search for river radio your life your way coming up next is turning pages with heather and julian and i'm deborah fielding wishing you a week of voracious courage sending you on your way with Ella Fitzgerald, and it's a lovely day because it is.
It's a lovely day today. So whatever you've got to do, you've got a lovely day to do it in. That's true. And I hope whatever you've got to do is something that can be done by two. For I'd really like to stay. day to day and whatever you've got to do I'd be so happy to be doing it with you but if you've got something that must be done and it can only be done by one there is nothing more to say except it's a lovely day for saying It's a lovely day. For I'd really like to stay. And whatever you've got to do, I'd be so happy to be doing it with you. But if you've got something that must be done, and it can only be done by one, there is nothing more to say. Except it's a lovely day for saying. It's a lovely day, except it's a lovely day 